Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast 23. This is Boom Seb. Now, today's subject is all about security and most specifically about what happened with WhatsApp this week. So if you don't care about security, if you don't care about your privacy, move on. Don't even waste a minute of your life listening to this podcast. But if you're curious and wonder how you could use this for something else, there's something in it for you. Now, you may have heard about it. WhatsApp has a vulnerability or at least a very important weakness. In a few words, an exploit was found in WhatsApp that enables an attacker to inject, I could say, malware onto your WhatsApp device simply by calling it. And the best thing about this attack is that you don't even have to pick up the phone or your device for things to go bad. So as in similar security situation, everyone and their parents has an opinion on the subject. And in these situations, I feel truly privileged <laughs> to witness the ridicule and read some of these articles as many, if not most, are simply clickbait with flashy titles such as how hackers broke WhatsApp with just a phone call or another one here is any app or computer truly secure. And I also saw WhatsApp discovers major security loophole. But I must give you my personal favorite, WhatsApp users targeted in terrifying security breach. Now, all of these flashy titles sound great, but bottom line, they're pretty much all clickbait. None of those or very, very few of these articles have any profound view on the situation. And, and that just really annoys me now, especially with that last title, you know, terrifying security breach. These titles, they sound good. They look good on a, you know, on a device or paper, but ultimately they're just clickbait. And, and most of it all is, is bullshit. These writers, most journalists have no clue. And in most articles, they contact apparent security professionals that give their opinion on the subject. But before moving on with the podcast, I think we have to take a few steps back for people not really familiar with WhatsApp. Yeah, the app has more than a billion users, but a lot of people just don't know about it or don't use it. So let's just have a little breakdown before. In its simplest form, uh, you can see WhatsApp as a free messaging app. But the difference with WhatsApp is that it's available on many platforms, most if not all platforms. These include, you know, like Androids, iOS, uh, PCs, tablets, and so on. If you have a phone, a tablet, a PC, you can probably use WhatsApp today. And you can compare with that with uh, messages and, and, and Facebook Messenger. You know where I'm going with this. It's pretty simple. But back in the day, WhatsApp really made uh, a huge difference on the market because if you really wanted um, to, to message somebody, let's say on a BlackBerry and, and you were only using an iPhone and you only had Wi-Fi, then WhatsApp was a great solution. You didn't have to be on the same platform. You could be on your Wi-Fi. The other user could be using a mobile 
you know, LTE solution out there, BlackBerry server, whatever, and you guys could talk to each other in real time. So the core function of WhatsApp was always to be and still is today a platform for different types of devices to talk to each other. So just a bit of background. WhatsApp was founded in 2009 by uh, Jan Kum and Brian Acton. And it really, really took off. It was a cross-platform app that, you know, that could easily work on Wi-Fi, cell lines, whatever you had, it could probably work at some point. To the point, it became really, really popular to the point um, that more than a billion people used it. So it was eventually sold to a company because it was so popular. And whom was it sold to? Facebook. And it was sold for multiple billions of dollars, not, not like one. It was sold, I think, for more than 15, 17 or 18 billion dollars. Basically, Facebook didn't buy the app. Facebook bought the users and the relating service, basically. So yeah, it's Facebook, our friend. Facebook that truly cares about our privacy life and security. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. And you absolutely know where I would go with this. But let's move on. And once it was purchased by Facebook to make us feel good. WhatsApp announced in 2015, if I remember well, that communications made on, on the app were now secured as they were encrypted. So basically, you could write the message on your device of choice and the tunnel and the messages in between those would be encrypted. And so it took a few months, but eventually the security feature was integrated in a form of, uh, in all forms of communications on the app. So it wasn't anymore only like the texting or the calls, but it was everything. If you sent images, if you made a phone call, if you made a video call, everything was encrypted. And fundamentally, that's a good feature. But I want to bring you guys back to the foundation of WhatsApp. It was never built as a security communication app. And again, that's truly important. But this week, people seem really surprised. We learned that the app had a vulnerability and was vulnerable to a specific attack. News teams around the world jumped on this story and made sure to explain to us exactly what happened. And here's my concern. Most people, teams, news agencies, and websites have no clue on this subject. So they start calling whomever will pick up the phone to try and explain what's going on. And I really have a problem with that. They have no clue. Even though they've been working in security for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever, they don't know. So let me add to this, I have no clue. Now I'm not talking about the vulnerability per se or, or the problem that was presented this week. But I've never seen the code. I've never talked to the team. I've never worked with WhatsApp. I've never worked with Facebook or in none of these companies. And so I don't know. So it really pisses me off when I see documents on security as such and, and news. You know, everybody comes out with that flashy title. And most of the people talking about these have never seen one line of code in the app. The only thing I can truly say today is... I know the app wasn't created with security in mind. I know that's the color and I know that it works on these devices and I'm sure there's a bunch of code and services in the back end. But honestly, if you've never seen the code of an app, 
how the hell can you have an opinion on the subject? And even worse, how can you accuse somebody or a specific group, company or team, so on and so forth, in building that specific weakness? That's really stupidity to the highest level. And I'm annoyed by this, and that's why the podcast is about this. But what do I know about security? Mm. So let's take a different angle on this story. WhatsApp is built using a language called Erlang. Now, I know you'll tell me, Seb, I'm not a coder. Let's just stick to the fundamentals here. It's, I won't go into you know, into technical things, but I just want you to have a bit of knowledge because this applies not only to WhatsApp, but whatever you work with every day of your life or things that you're going to buy in your life. This could also apply to a car. You're going to be purchasing a home, a security system, whatever you're looking at. I think it gives us a bit more knowledge. So WhatsApp was built using Erlang. And, and for people not familiar with that specific computer language, Erlang was built in the 80s um, and was renowned to be very powerful. But at the same time, Erlang is not a computer language that you see often around most coders and companies today. Today, you'll hear about, you know, like C Sharp, JavaScript, Python. Those are more modern languages, you know, like Swift, Objective-C, and they have different uses, sometimes for different platforms, but sometimes some type of codes are just better when you truly have a security concern or a privacy concern. And this really makes a huge difference. Now, if you don't know what computer code is, it's this could be a series of podcasts, but very simply, a computer code enables you to program commands. And such as you would talk Italian, French, English, uh, it will enable you to talk to different people in the same type of language. And certain language will be renowned for certain things. Like some people are going to say that French is the language of love. Um, you know, so you get the idea if you go to an opera, for example, there's a fat chance it's going to be in Italian. So it doesn't mean that one is better than the other one, but they are known most usually for different things and can give you different advantages. Why you choose a specific language is most usually based on a few key things. And I'm sure you'll find them ridiculous. But most of the times when I've talked to companies, you know, that started building an app or software, the choice of the language was based on, well, what do I know? Uh, who do I know that uses a language? And will I be able to build a team around this language? So you can see in those types of questions, nowhere do you see, you know, I'm, I'm going to use this because I know there are better libraries to do better things. Usually companies choose a language just because that's what they know. So I guess that when WhatsApp was founded, one of the dudes on the floor, one of the girls said, listen, I know Erlang, we could easily distribute the code, probably go multi-platform, and this could be good for us, and that's it. There's not a huge scientific process here involved for these types of decision. But back then, WhatsApp decided to use Erlang, and from many articles, they were proud to say that they only needed 50 engineers to do this. I mean, I remember WhatsApp going online saying how proud they were that they had a small team of engineers and everything worked. But 
Erlang has fundamental weaknesses, and I won't go too much in details, but I'll just put them out there. Erlang has a real lack of mature tools to work with. Even though it's old, not a lot of people truly use it. So it lacks. Um, build tools are really buggy and profiling it is very limited. Now, these are code technical terms. Where I'm just going with this is that Erlang lacks documentation and some tools to really go deep into it. And also, it, if you want to go for the fun of it, Erlang also has a very slow arithmetics uh, system when comparing it to C, for example. C, for most of you guys out there, C is like the back language to so many of the tools you're using on computers. But all this to say that Erlang wasn't built uh, with security in mind. Erlang wasn't built, maybe um, another language would have been better, but that's the foundation. So when people tell me WhatsApp's not secure and they got on and this and that, I'm not concerned really about who did what when. My job as a security expert is to go you know, close to the teams and say, guys, how was this built? Why did you make these decisions? How come this happened? and so on. So this may all be Chinese to you, but in the end, it makes Erlang code hard to control. Now, all that I've been saying in the last two, three minutes may, may all be Chinese to you, but in the end, this type of language is hard to control. It's hard to work with and especially hard to secure because tools around this language are just limited. Now, I'm not saying Erlang is a bad language, but what I am saying is that when you have more than a billion users, so many platforms and integrated services, it becomes really hard to control an environment. At this point in time, honestly, how could you really, really control WhatsApp? Blows my mind. You have more than a one billion, a billion and a half users around the world on so many de devices. Of course, there's going to be holes, and there's many more of them. This is just one that we heard of, uh, heard of. So, with all these module services, users, and platforms, you can kind of see WhatsApp as you know. If I could put an image on it, at WhatsApp is like a car, but it's also a truck, it's a lawnmower, it's a chainsaw, and why not, let's add it up, it's also a bath. So you get my point? Trying to control all of these things just becomes cumbersome, if not crazy or impossible. And I don't like to use the word impossible, but sometimes it is justified. So with all of this in mind, that's why security eventually uh, becomes really, really hard. And I'm sure in WhatsApp and other types of messaging services, and especially Facebook, there's a bunch of vulnerabilities. So if I may, let's stop focusing on who did what, like all of these articles out there, and they talked about the NSO group, you know, the uh, an Israeli company specialized in security that apparently was involved in this. Honestly, I don't really care who did it. Instead, we should start focusing on the fundamentals of such apps. Who owns it? What are their values? What's the owner's priority when it comes to your security and privacy? You see where I'm going with this? Facebook bought the app. And Facebook has shown us more than once 
that they don't care about your security and especially about your privacy. They don't. So don't be surprised if something happens in relationship to Facebook. Facebook is too big. Facebook is unsecure and all their related services are the same. And I'm not being judgmental here. I'm not being negative. I'm just being honest and direct. They're not good at that. Why? Because Facebook was never built with security in mind. So don't expect somebody built in a very specific way to suddenly turn around and say, ooh, I will change all my platform and how I work now that this becomes a priority. Security starts at the foundation. It starts at the beginning. Once you build a home, if your walls are weak, if the foundations are weak, if the windows are weak, if the doors are weak, if the floors are weak, it's weak. Now, you can't say I'm going to patch a foundation. I'm going to patch this. Some things you can, but most usually you can't. So again, I'm not here to bash Facebook. Facebook has a utility and for basic comms and exchanging images with your aunt, moms and dads, it's all good. I have no problem with that. But never, never expect security or true security from Facebook or their relating parties. Now, again, I'm not bashing Facebook, but I am bashing their core values, though. Don't talk to me about security. You want Facebook to talk to me about security and privacy? I'm sorry. I got to be brute honest here. Fuck off. You don't know what it is. So please stop bullshitting people out there. If you really care about your security and privacy, don't use Facebook products. Isn't that simple enough for you? So there are better alternatives out there if you truly value your security and privacy and you should take a look at them. Now, none of the tools that I'm going to give here are perfect. None of them are perfect. But there's a huge difference between the two tools I'm going to give you compared to WhatsApp. And it is that these tools were built from the ground up with security in mind. So it wasn't added five years later. It wasn't a side conversation. Both of these tools have been created with privacy and security. So it doesn't make them perfect, but their core values are based on security. So there are alternatives. Uh, I think both are freed and paid. You'll have to check it out for yourself. I'm not a reviewer. I have no interest in doing that. Um, so none of them are perfect. But I really think that a team that focuses on a core product will most usually be better than Facebook, Google, or Apple when it comes out. And especially when it has to do with security and privacy. The, the two apps include Signal and Telegram. Because Signal and Telegram, both of them can be downloaded, whether you're using Android, iPhones, on and so forth. They've been built from the ground up to incorporate security features. And two of those features are really cool. Um, one of the cool features is you could um, configure a certain message or thread of messages to destroy themselves after a set interval of time. So you could say, okay, after five minutes, This gets deleted. So it's a kind of super secure Snapchat, if you want. Another cool feature also is that you can block other apps and devices from taking screenshots of the messages you sent. So it may sound really simple, but I truly believe that a team that focuses on a core product with dedicated features that relate to security are going to be much better. So again, if you value your security and privacy, 
Don't use Facebook. Don't use WhatsApp. I'm not going out with a negative campaign here, but let's not give attributes to these WhatsApp messages out there on why they're not secure. Again, I'm sorry. That's how they've been built and that's how it will remain in time. But before I leave you, there's um, one more tool that I can talk about. Uh, It's not a messaging app. It's an email service and it's called ProtonMail. So if you go on ProtonMail, P-R-O-T-O-N, mail.com, you'll be able to create a free account. And so you can have really dedicated, secure email. The whole thing is encrypted. So that's pretty good, of course as in messaging apps and uh, emails for that matter, uh, what you write ultimately stays sometimes, so you want to use that safely. Uh, But it gives you an alternative to to Gmail and other types of email systems out there. So ProtonMail, they've never paid me. I've participated a few years back to, to fund some money for them, so that was really cool. And I still use it to this day. In conclusion, When you buy a product or a service, whether you're buying a home, whether you're buying, you know, a computer, software, whatever it is you're going to be purchasing and using, make sure you know who owns it and what was the core feature when it was built. So sometimes it is hard and it requires research, but I think it's worthwhile, especially if it's your private life, if it's your home, if it's something that's truly important to you, you should make a little bit of research. Because if somebody doesn't care about your security and privacy from the get-go, they most probably never will. Because when you start really caring about security, most of the times you're gonna have to redo everything. You're gonna have to start back at the beginning. So quality goes from the start. So a lot of people tell me, oh, Seb, you know, security. Security is also just pure quality. Quality doesn't suddenly happen, you know, eight years into a product or project. It goes in right from the get-go. So the apps I gave you and the Proton Mail that I gave you uh, earlier on aren't perfect, but I'm pretty sure they're a whole lot better than Facebook or Google and what these guys are going to be doing. And it's not because they don't want to. Imagine Facebook has to come back on all the code that's in WhatsApp or Instagram or Facebook for that matter. It's crazy. The billions they've made are all going to be passed back into rebuilding it. So it's complex. It's hard. But value the things you value and actually look at those. So that's it. Sounds repetitive, but it's really simple. And I think it's truly important. So thanks for listening and see you back soon.